0: You're watching Meet the Movie Press. Today, we're going to be talking about Bill Hader joining Power Rangers, Paramount delaying Rings, and Friday the 13th, and a Spawn remake? Welcome
1: to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn
0: Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Meet the Movie Press. Good morning, Simon. Hey. Hey. How are you? I am good. good. I am Jeff Snyder, host of the the Movie Press here on the Popcorn Talk Network. You can find me on Twitter at The Inn Snyder. With me as always, my co-host. Hello, my name is Simon Thompson. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ShowbizSimon. And on Facebook, this is Simon Thompson. All right, party people. Uh, how was your week? It was good. Okay. I worked from home a lot. It was relaxing. Nice. Uh, I had my cousin in town. We saw Miss Peregrines last night. Okay. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. I have to. I don't I have to see if there's an embargo. Okay, um, and and. And it was better than I expected. Okay, I'll take that. But there that. was one big yeah. problem in the movie, uh, but I don't want to get into that. I'll leave that okay. for my review. I am genuinely curious to see that. I'm literally firing
1: off emails of screenings I need to catch up on, and that is one of them. Yeah, so. there's, a,
0: there's, I mean, I haven't seen Deep Wide Horizon no, yet. No,
1: no. Um, no, that and Miss, uh, Mrs. Peregrine's are the two that I'm curious to see right. next week. So, what's uh, like it was like September. If so. I can fit it in, I've got a busy week next week. All right. High-powered, showbiz life. That's Hollywood for you. <laughs> um, and we let's talk about the movies that are coming out. Uh, first of all, the new releases. Should we get all that out right, of the way? Let's. Okay, um, Magnificent Seven, which we we covered um, obviously off the back of Toronto, and we talked yes. about it um, very heavily last week. Um, excellent movie. Um, uh, looking at the Rotten Tomato scores at the moment, it's around about sixty three percent. I thought it would be stronger. I think it should be stronger than that. I did really enjoy the movie. Well, people um, like
0: like to beat up on remakes and stuff because yeah. it's not the original. And I know that there's a real fondness for the original mm. on this title. I don't get it because no. it was like unwatchable
1: to me. We looking looking at it as a, as a as a film to enjoy the new magnificent 7 is great. Yeah, I thought genuinely it genuinely entertaining. entertaining. It, it did it did exactly it's what it set out to do. Yeah. Um opened last night first night previews 1.75 million on the Thursday which is not bad at all they're talking about a budget for that of about 90 million which is okay which is good um I think it's gonna I think it's gonna do well I think word of mouth on Magnificent Seven is going to be strong mm-hmm. um but it's it's quite an interesting weekend at the box office this weekend because obviously Sunny's had a good couple of weeks Blair Witch underperformed last week which I, I was really surprised very surprised actually, about yeah. um I haven't seen that yet it's on my list of things to do this weekend actually um but I was very surprised that it didn't do the the box office bridget jones not so much but um Storks is coming out this weekend i mean very different and far removed from um magnificent seven um Storks is a warner movie it's an animated family movie um surprisingly good really you, you enjoyed I, it yeah i saw this about a month ago now Did- and i got to talk to the task for some um the cast for some uk mm-hmm. uh, tv stuff i'll be posting links to that online um And uh, it's genuinely good. It's very, very funny. The writing is excellent. The voice cast is spot on, absolutely spot on. Um, Perhaps not as... As starry as you would think where you think they would put the biggest names. I mean, mm-hmm. Jennifer Aniston, Ty are in it, their parents, they're not the, the main characters. Right. Um, Kelsey Grammer is a, you know, I mean, they have big characters, but they're not the big ones. It's really Kelsey Grammer and Andy Samberg who are the big ones. And there's a, there's a female um, voice artist as well who's a Canadian comedian. She's very, very funny. Um, she actually, I think, is this is going to put her on the map. Are you, sure, um, are you
0: sure you didn't, you know, like it more because you're just learning where babies come from now? Mummy's tummies, right? <laughs> um, uh, but, wait, uh, I mean. It's interesting actually because
1: when I saw this, I went to see it on the Warner Lot a few, about, about, about a month ago, and there are lots of young kids in there. Now, obviously, this is about storks and how they used to deliver babies, but now right. they do different things. This it's... is grown-up stuff. Yeah, and I was like, if you haven't had that conversation with your child about where babies come from, you are going to have to have something prepared when you come out of the theatre,
0: <laughs> because they're going to ask questions. I'll actually, I will actually, write that speech for you for just $40. If Just send me a check, and I will... <laughs> tell you how to have Schneid- this conversation Schneider's with sex talk. Um, but yeah, I mean,
1: I, I, I genuinely enjoyed it. It's a very, very, it's not too long. It's not, it, it's, it's that right balance between, you know, there being up there for, for the younger, you know, younger audience to enjoy and the adult audience to enjoy. It's, it's the voice talent. Absolutely. Nail it. It's just a great fun film. Okay. Um, I was very surprised by it. So that's out this weekend. I think that's gonna do well. You're working overtime to get
0: quoted in the commercial, I think.
1: No, I just think I just think I'm, it genuinely I was quite surprised because I'm always a little bit, you know, on the fence about animated movies sometimes. They have okay. to work harder. So this is a good one that's, it's a good one. It doesn't have the
0: Pixar or DreamWorks animation. Which brand. Which I think is gonna but,
1: be difficult to have it. But it's a it's still supposed to
0: hit like thirty million. I mean, kids yeah. are starved. There's not there a lot out there right now. Yeah, there hasn't been anything since what? Secret Life of Pets? Yeah. That was probably not the last counting big one. that other. Other weird movie that was like um and there's nothing Robinson out until Crusoe. thanksgiving that's uh, moana from
1: disney so it's this has got a nice if it can find the audience and i think it will i think word of mouth is going to be strong um i think you know that could actually do really really well so Storks, i do recommend it okay cool. all right uh big news this week where should we start Wherever you want. Okay, let's talk about uh, delayed movies. There are a couple of movies this week that actually come into this category.
0: Yes, this is a good conversation to kick things up. Okay, so
1: let's. Do you want to start with the horror ones, or do you want to start with the kiddie movie that's been hanging around for a while?
0: Um,
1: kid- because we're both they're both movies oh. that have been moved around. Oh, All right,
0: real sure. Well, okay, for, first we'll do. Uh, Paramount was in the news yes. twice this week. Yeah. Uh, the first time, because it has basically it has said that it is taking a $115 million write-down on mm. an upcoming movie. That movie was not named, but it doesn't take a genius to figure out they're talking about Monster Trucks, yeah. which had one of the worst trailers I think I've ever seen. Inexplicably it bad. Looked un- so unappealing. It looked like a joke of a movie.
1: There are two movies that I've thought this year were just a joke. This, and Nine Lives. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, it's that level. Yeah, I
0: will just like, I I, know, I don't is, know. It looks like the last Mimsy. Yeah. Like, like in terms of uh, Mimsy, how bad it Mimsy, by the way, in the UK,
1: is a colloquialism for vagina. Oh, wow. So when that film came out, everybody thought that was hilarious in the UK.
0: See, that? that that's why you need a good research department hey. at these studios. <laughs> um, um, so anyways, Paramount has been moving monster trucks around... Uh, it's, bi- it's just getting dumped, uh, yeah. they're ready to just write this thing off and move on, um. And it was originally
1: supposed to come out in December 2015.
0: Right. That's and when it was originally
1: are. slated, and then it's been pushed back it's and back and back. early yeah,
0: 2017 right? Yeah, Fe- February 2017, I think. Yeah, so, uh, we'll make sure to steer clear on that one, but Paramount wasn't done mm. delaying movies this yeah. week. Uh, it delayed Rings, which was supposed to come out at the end of October. Which is like... And now they're just getting out of the way of Ouija 2. Um, I don't know. I thought Rings looked better than that. You know, I thought it should have stayed the course. But nonetheless, it is being moved. And so is Friday the 13th, Mm. which I find funny because most movies get delayed maybe a month or three, maybe even a week or three. Friday the 13th, when it gets moved, which has been like four times now. Mm. Gets moved like nine or ten months because they keep waiting to release it on a Friday the 13th. And I totally get why you'd want to do that for marketing purposes and whatnot. Plus this, uh, the the Friday the 13th that they moved it to, they moved it from January to October, which just makes sense in the first place. These movies, they should be coming out in October anyways. Mm. Um, I think October or summer because
1: right uh, they're the two areas. You don't want to put it out around. You're right. You can make a
0: killing with horror in summer the way Conjuring yep. did. Um, you, you, that's absolutely right. But yeah, early in the year horror kind of is normally not very good. It's usually a dumping ground for films
1: that you're not confident My about. My Bloody
0: Valentine and things like that. Yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, Friday the 13th gets bumped all the way to October 2017. Yep. That makes sense because they haven't even cast this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not going to be ready for January. There's also a ton of competition coming on January. Like mm-hmm. I think Dark Tower... Yeah, maybe. No, Dark Tower moved to February. I, I, the point is, we're trying to keep track of all these moves, things going from here and there. It's just stop dating these movies mm. until you're ready to like commit. I don't know who this practice is for, Simon. You know, does, does it help a filmmaker to have to make a date? No. Right? No, it doesn't. Doesn't help the filmmaker. Doesn't really help the audience. It doesn't help the filmmaker in the fact that then when it moves, people go, ooh, trouble. It's not like we can buy tickets to these movies three years in advance. So, like, why do we need to know that something is coming out on a specific day Mm. three years from now if really it's just a placeholder? It's just planting a flag in a calendar. I don't think we need to know, but I think certainly we've
1: discussed this in, in various forms previously, is where. There is this hunger now, because we have so much online journalism, mm-hmm. you know, say ten, fifteen years ago, when it was magazines and newspapers, you wouldn't, when you talked about a film being made, you wouldn't have the release date in there unless it was, you know, something like a Star Wars or something. Mm-hmm. But now, with the, with the the rise of internet journalism, people want to have that date. I, I, I don't know why, but people become obsessed with.
0: But the date these is but but, but the date. What I'm saying is the date is meaningless. Yeah, it's completely meaningless yeah. because ninety nine times out of hundred, shit gets moved.
1: Mm. Um, also, I, it comes with association of, of times of the year. where we're talking about it's a summer movie or it's an award season movie, if you announce you're opening something in, say, January, February time or a limited release around the holidays, it smacks of, oh, that must be going for an award. It's not necessarily the case, but you'll get that.
0: Sure. So I think... I, I think, to me, it's like a competition. It's like for studios. It's hmm. like, this is our date, and you don't come anywhere near it. And, like, you better plan your schedule around our date and what movies we're releasing. Yeah. I, but, but then you see something like, um, what was it that moved I think it was cap- it was civil war that moved on to Batman's date, right, yeah, that's a studio just being like, you know what, we want this fucking date, yeah, and now it's ours, yeah. Like, uh,
1: <laughs> Some interesting feedback, actually, in, in the chat on this. Um, uh, film nerd Jamie, who I believe is actually watching us uh, through his Blu-ray player on his TV this oh, morning. Oh, so, yes, he's doing uh, it. We must look Thank fucking you. huge. Um, enjoy Ooh, that. Uh, he's saying that Paramount is overthinking Friday the 13th. Remember the 80s. You spent uh, $1 million to a million for every movie, chugged them out a movie a year and earned your profit. Simple, absolutely true. That's a very good point. Um, and also Bad Future is saying that um, uh, hadn't heard, um, definitely knew about Ouija 2, um was a movie that existed but hadn't heard of rings at all until it was delayed which is an interesting point they had a trailer and they've they've started putting stuff online but if the audience are not aware that it's there perhaps if you do your testing and you go well the audience are not really sort of by you know chomping at the bit for this right now so if we move it we're not going to piss a load of people off but we might stand a better chance of money it's still the new positioning is still a very very weird one um yeah i i I think the only reason the only areas that can really successfully release a horror movie and if there are facts and figures to disprove me i'd be very interested to see them Mm -hmm. um the only places you can really move these films to are, are summer or halloween but obviously i think if you did want to release them around halloween the only way to do that and still be successful is one open one weekend and one open the next weekend or the weekend after that so you've got two weeks otherwise you're going to be cannibalizing the audience but in october Everybody wants to go and see horror movies. You see all the theaters right, around exactly. LA, so you can space them out week if, after week but there's room, and still and there's, work.
0: Exactly, there's room for more than one horror movie in mm. October. I, I'm just very surprised that they're. If I, so I don't think there are enough. Ouija, I guess Ouija overperformed last year and did quite well, but well, you're, you're Friday the Thirteenth. You are like. Oh, one of the tent poles of modern horror
1: well i, I spoke to mike uh, who directed um uh Ouija 2 actually um last friday at the the halloween event universe yes, uh, yeah had some um easy uh, had some early screenings quite recently and um, response to that has been very very good so he's actually quite confident that it, it you know hopefully confident <laughs> that it, that it will actually it find looks an much audience better than
0: the first one that's it does, for sure.
1: yeah and it's it's uh, i asked him exactly where it kind of where it goes he said it's very much a prequel it kind of feeds into things in that but it's not it wasn't created as quick, a Ouija movie. Quick question for, yeah.
0: the, for the booth: Have we tweeted out the link for the show?
1: I have. You have. Okay. I have. All right. Awesome. Thanks, man. Sorry, um, I was just looking for the PowerPoint. No, that's cool. So, so yeah, it's uh, you know, I, I think it, it, that will play for for Ouija very very well. I think that could it could have a nice, interesting opening. But I think there's also room for more than one major horror movie in October. Yeah, it is a prime a prime time to feed on that, and around that, there's not. Is there anything really huge coming out around that time? I don't think there is that that could potentially take away from that audience. But the horror audiences are loyal. You know, you put out a good movie, they are they are going to go and see it, and returns is, are going to be good. When is it coming out? Is that next summer? Yeah, it's, it's next year. I think it's either quarter quarter two or quarter three next year. Yeah, watch that move. To October um, but I just actually received an email this morning to say that um, Stephen King's It is going to be coming out on Blu-ray very soon, which is great. Hey, very cool. Um, which I'm very excited about. Also excited about Blu-ray release for Chopping Mall. Oh, I've never seen Chopping Mall. Genius. Is genius, it? genius, genius. I've only ever seen shitty crappy dvd transfers of that so i am very excited that i will get to see that a little too excited yeah you're scaring me it's 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 a totally brilliant yet somehow shitty horror movie that i absolutely love so i'm very much looking forward to seeing that in blu-ray cool so yeah, that comes out in a couple of
0: weeks, uh, September 27th, twenty seven. Something, next and week. And speaking of horror, mm. um, I know uh, it's fantastic. What is it? Fantastic Fest. Going fantastic on right Fest. Now? Yeah, I oh, almost and, forgot to and, mention that. And Phantasm Ravager. Yeah, apparently the final film in the series is screening down there, which
1: a lot of fans have been have been waiting for for a long time. The the Phantasm um, movies have a very loyal. It's not the biggest horror franchise by any stretch of the imagination, but it's got a very loyal following. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, uh, Phantasm Ravager is going to be premiering there this weekend, and also there this weekend is the 4k restoration of the original 1979 phantasm movie um bad robot have done that restoration because jj abrams and a lot of the guys that work there and women um are big fans of
0: phantasm interesting i wonder if my friend bj was involved in that um he just left bad robot Mm. but uh but yeah so i'd be
1: really interested to see that i mean phantasm is if you've never seen phantasm it's a you've seen it right
0: I have, you know, I have seen it, but, but a while ago. That, but a while ago, yes, when I was like a kid. It's and a weird but brilliant I never movie. harbored a lot of affection for the Phantasm mm. films. Uh, I mean, so you grew up a big fan.
1: I do, well, I, I enjoyed them. I mean, they're not my favorite franchise by, okay. by any stretch. But I I think it's it's just brilliantly and weirdly sort of fucked up. It takes a lot of the ideas from horror films around that time and kind of plays with them in a really interesting way. Um, and I'd love to see it in 4K because I've only again seen sort of vhs and dvd transfers and stuff like phantasm? that
0: phantasm do you know uh
1: who? it was um i've oh totally blanked on his name um dan dan i'm gonna say it wrong Const- don coscarelli well, that's the one Is it was it yeah. okay there you go um I, I was gonna say that horribly wrong um but yeah so I'm, i was, but it got me thinking that uh, i shouldn't encourage remakes i mean hollywood are doing them anyway it doesn't depend on me but phantasm would be a really interesting one if they wanted to no, find I, a conceit to, I, I to
0: reimagine, I, I don't think so. I, no, I, th- I think that yeah, no, that that's too niche, too too niche. Hmm. Phantasm, I don't, I don't see, see. I think by the fact that it is, it is quite niche. I, I, I think th- we'll play. I think you could bring, bring back Hellraiser. I think you could bring back yeah. critters and uh, ghoulies. I think you could bring back, yeah, like. I don't know that there's enough there for Phantasm unless you got, like, Liam Neeson to Mm. be, like, the tall man. Yeah. That would be fucking cool.
1: Yeah, see, now we're building this idea. I mean, the reason I think it would work is, as you say, because it is very niche. When you have films that are um, very, you know, that that a lot of people, the majority of people, hold very close to themselves, and then you remake it, people tend to come to it a little bit more negative. But if they don't have that association and you take it something that's a bit more or a a bit less known, you do have the ability to play around with it and have that audience without that too much of that association. So it's pluses and minuses there on that one. But I would be interested to see it. So uh, Filmler Jamie says, the first two Phantasm films are great. Uh, The last two awful and this final one looks equally bad. Uh, I've got to say, Jamie, I think you're possibly right, the budget for this. It does not look massive, but I'm still very curious to see. It. And it looks like a very interesting way to to round out the franchise and sort of bring it to that conclusion. Um, but, I, I mean, even if it's shit, to be honest with you, I will probably still watch it. We have
0: breaking release date news. Oh, okay. What's moved? La La Land. Mm, moving forward? Moving to 2019. No. <laughs> uh, it is... Could you imagine... <laughs> Can we, you imagine have, how many people in newsrooms is, across LA? It is so good, and they have decided to wait four years to release it. That will be the perfect time, according to the, the Mayan calendar. Window. Um, window. No, it has moved uh, just back. From, in its limited release is moving back from December 2nd to December 9th. Okay. Uh, it's still going wide on the 16th, so. Interesting. Effectively, two cities are yeah. impacted well, Excuse me. That's
1: fine. Just nice little belts there. Better out than in. Um, but yeah, so I, uh, I, I genuinely, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about seeing La La Land. I've not heard anyone say anything less than glowing things, yeah, and obviously, I've got to make my own opinion up. But right. you know, the signs it's just there, a are, pretty
0: magical film. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty strong. Um, okay. Let's talk about some sad news this week. Yeah, death death <laughs> let's talk about oh my god we terrible uh r.i.p curtis hansen yeah uh who really had was not really a name director in the like i you know if i could like mention him to my high school friends and they know who he was yeah but guy had a hell of a filmography yeah uh highlighted of course by la confidential for which he shared an oscar with brian helgeland for uh adapting james Elroy's book. But he also did uh, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle and The River yeah. Wild, two yeah. of my favorite 90s uh, thrillers. Yep. He did um, Losing It with Tom Cruise, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and Eight Mile with Eminem. I mean, he's done a lot of good work, uh, and I think that he's going to be sorely missed in Hollywood. Everyone, you know, by all accounts, he was a stand up guy. What's mm. your take on him, Simon? Um, I, I, while I was working at Reuters this
1: week, when I was literally about to finish, and then the news broke that he'd died, and I was like, oh, Curtis Hansen. And then I did start looking through his. You know his 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 career, and you do forget how many great movies he did. Also, Wonder Boys, right, right. Another, I don't have
0: the same affection uh, for Wonder no, Boys. I think that it's most one of his more do. overlooked
1: movies, but it's a, but people think a that's like his best piece. movie. Some a lot of yeah. people think it's his best movie, um, and it, it's it's a, it's a great resume. But he hadn't really done a huge amount in the last couple of years, and it seems well he had slowed down yeah. a little. Um I mean I remember he did it uh, was in in, in her, her shoes. shoes right? which yeah. I
0: didn't see
1: not a, But women really like that not movie. Not a terrible film yeah. for the genre to be honest with you it's not his strongest work but it
0: wasn't a terrible film. Um yeah just such a shame I mean his The, the work Hand was That Rocks strong. the Cradle is so good. I know mm. people write it off as like this B movie thriller. It. It's a classic. It birthed a fucking genre practically. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So often imitated and never matched. I mean, still, it's I watched terrific. it quite recently. It came on uh, it came shines. on one of the movie channels. Just superb. Yeah, I, I mean, love it, and I love the River simple. Wild.
0: Yeah, like Merrill versus Kevin yeah. Bacon on the open waters. Like, Again, I think that's a film that sometimes gets overlooked. Yeah, um, it's just it's just fun. It's a it's a you know it's like an adventure thriller. They don't make that kind of movie too often mm, uh, anymore. That is my second favorite, Kevin Bacon. Um,
1: water-based movie?
0: Uh, White Water Summer. Mm. I love White Water Summer. Genius, right? A fucking fantastic yeah. movie. Yeah, I watched it again recently. went to uh, summer camp. But, uh, but L.A. Confidential remains you know, his big biggest movie, um, and it was brilliant. Yeah. I mean, I love L.A. Confidential. Mm. He believed in Russell Crowe. You know, that's really... He made Russell Crowe a movie star. That movie was super helpful for Spacey, I think. Yeah. Um, Kim Basinger won a friggin' Oscar and then worked with him again Russell, on 8 Mile. Russell Crowe. Yes. Um, yeah. Sorry. sorry. Yeah, which is amazing, Guy Pierce. Yeah, I guess that applies for Guy Pierce as well. Oh God, yeah. Um, and uh,
1: I think probably James Cromwell, because James was Cromwell him. was was obviously he was in Babe, right? But then it was really L.A. Confidential that mm-hmm. kind of turned him into this more serious character actor that everybody knew, and he kind of cleaned up in that department for about mm-hmm. the next ten or fifteen years.
0: Uh, on the QT, very hush, hush. Mm. Devito. Oh, what a, what a movie! A mm. Fantastic film. Um, and 8 Mile too, like Eminem, he's never done another movie because he's like, yeah. hey, I did it. I did it and I did it well.
1: And 8 Mile, is a, is a it's a solid film. It really is. I revisited that for the first time. I'm doing that a lot at the moment. I'm going back to movies that I haven't seen for quite a while, whether they're good or bad, and looking at them again with, with fresh eyes and going, you know, how does this look in the scheme of things? And that was one of the ones I watched quite recently. And that was a great movie. Brittany Murphy was just brilliant in that. Mm-hmm. It's really a good so, film. It a really good movie. He was a great director. Yep. really great director. It's, it's, a, it's a sad loss. It is indeed. Um, so, R.I.P. Uh, Mr. Hanson. Now, I'm um, um, talking of directors. Uh, let's look at what some other guys are doing at
0: the moment. Duncan Jones. I had I had a better segue. Oh, but okay. okay. No, I was going to say speaking of movies, going back to see yeah the the idiocracy bit, but we'll go hey, with yours. Okay, we'll go with your segue. Okay, we'll go back to that. Uh, I'm feeling generous. Duncan Jones. Uh, <laughs> he
1: is going to start shooting mute. Uh, next week, apparently, as early as next week. This is a movie that he wanted to make his directorial debut with. So this is pre-Moon. He mm-hmm. basically put this on hold. He was having trouble getting it financed, et etc., et cetera, that kind of thing. You know how the industry is. And this has been bubbling around behind everything for the last few years. Um, when he did Source Code, it helped with the financing, mm-hmm. so it kind of gave it new life, and then it's progressed through there. Obviously, now Warcraft is out of the way. He starts doing Mute. Uh, interesting idea. Paul Rudd and Alexander Skarsgård are the leads. Two guys who are very watchable, and I'd be very interested to see them together. Set in Berlin in 2046. Now, for me, Duncan Jones is at his strongest when he plays around with these interesting, slightly abstract, alternative future ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's where he really, really comes in. He's only got a brilliant brain to to of to visualize all that stuff and just make it work in the right way. This is a film that I was not massively aware of, genuinely really interested to see.
0: So I'm torn on this one. I like the title. uh, And I think it sounds cool, but at the same time, I think that there's potential for just utter disaster. I think this could be a total train wreck. Mm. So let me get this straight. Alexander Skarsgård is the star, right? Yes. And he's playing a mute, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, he's supposed to act with his face, right? And his eyes and like, mm-hmm. be expressive. Yeah, I see that being a problem. Okay? I see that being problematic. Okay. I'm not sure I'm sold on Skarsgård being able to carry a movie as a mute character. I like the idea of uh, Paul Rudd as like a, a crazy surgeon. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, you know, I know this is supposed to be of a piece with Moon, right? Yep, yep. That... It's also kind of cause for concern to me. Okay, why is that? Yeah, to me, I don't, I don't need a Moon trilogy. You know, Moon worked on its own. Um, I don't, I don't know that I need the interconnectedness or like a, to explore the larger mm-hmm. universe of this. I don't know. Like, I, I like Duncan Jones. I like Moon and Source Code. I didn't love them. I won't even really bother to see Warcraft. Um, so, like most of the audience. So, so, like, I'll give Mute a shot, sure, mm. but I think that this is dicey. It's not a sure thing. That's what I'm getting at. Okay, interesting. I, I've previously doubted
1: some of Duncan Jones's decisions or, or the movies that he's made when it comes to things like Moon, Sam Rockwell. I was like, I like Sam Rockwell. I don't know if I'm going to buy him in this situation. And I've, I've yet to be proved right
0: because
1: okay. um, I love Source Code. I thought what he did was that was great. I thought this was really, really inspired pieces of little nuance in there. Um, so I get what you're saying. I'm I,
0: I just think, you know, especially just, after
1: Warcraft, yeah. skepticism is yeah, I fair. Think, I, yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely valid. I don't think Warcraft would be entirely his fault, though. I think that was a more of a film by committee, lots of fingers, lots of pies, coming in from lots of places kind of thing. Yeah, that sure, was, but... Even though he directed that, it, I don't. This sounds like a bit of a weird thing to say. I don't necessarily consider that a Duncan Jones movie because I don't think Duncan Jones had as much control over it.
0: That's fair. As uh, Duncan that's Jones fine. wanted. You know, if, if this is going to get him back to yeah his own sort of creativity and he doesn't have to meet any preconceived notion or expectation or you know satisfy a fan base, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. Mm. Uh, we're all, we you know we could use more original sci-fi, anyways. Absolutely, um, and we're getting some of that this season, which is great. Yeah, by the way, did you see the the little trailer clips of Ghost in the Shell? Mm. They look pretty interesting. Yeah. I was not particularly excited by that movie, but now it has my attention. Not a fan of five, ten second clips being mm. released. Just cut a fucking teaser to me. So this, is this is super te- annoying to te- embed five teasers. things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it looked uh, better than I think most people were expecting. Absolutely. Um, let's go back to my segue. Okay. Uh, Idiocracy getting yeah. a 10th anniversary release. Here's another movie that was like, you know, hailed at the time, had a kind of cult following mm. and has only grown in stature as the the crazy future that mm. it has predicted has come true. I don't get it. I didn't really like the movie. I've not seen it. And I remember
1: when it came out, it didn't do certainly in the UK it didn't do well at all. It was it was a it was a release that was kind of buried. Um I've not seen it, but even just today, because there's been so much talk about it, sort of, you know, in, with the elections and things like that. Um, there's been so much talk about it. I am interested to see it, and I think I would rather... I looked at buying it on DVD, and I'm like, well, actually, I'd rather see it with an audience. Mm-hmm. So I probably would pay to go and see
0: this, even if it's not particularly great. Just, it could you, kind it of experience could get a that few a few chuckles maybe now, yeah. given the sad state of affairs in this country, but... Um... Yeah. yeah. It, it didn't it didn't do much for me at the time. I'm just wondering Might if judge
1: yeah. I'm I'm just wondering if the love for this is more from purely from the film community rather than a wider audience. You know? I don't. I don't know if it's going to be. I don't know if you know your average man on the street is going to be particularly excited that this film is going to come back and get a release in theaters. No, it's more release, like limited a limited release. Uh, yeah,
0: it's like a little tongue in cheek. You know, yeah. for for a day or a week, whatever the
1: yeah. hell it's getting. I would be um, interested to, to take a look at it, but I've not seen it. But I, everybody's talking about it's it. At like, the moment, hey, if you so. love
0: Silicon Valley, go out and, and support Mike Judge and and check that. I love that movie Silicon out. Valley. I love
1: it too. Great show. Um, I got genuinely excited when the other day I saw someone wearing a Pied Piper t
0: shirt. Nice. Yeah, I should. I I should do that. It goes after Halloween. Um, speaking of movies that yeah. I didn't like. Okay. Spawn. Spawn. Like, t- is it Todd McFarlane who's been talking about this? Yeah, it is. So Todd's been talking about, we. we we're t- I don't know, he's writing a script or he's working with someone to write a script. He got asked
1: the question recently that, you know, a lot of things are getting remade or, or touched right. up. And someone said to him during an interview, you know, if they did a remake of Spawn, how do you feel about that? And he basically said, no, if it does happen, then it would be R-rated. Right, it, would it would be, be gritty
0: and hard, R. Yeah. yeah.
1: Now, Spawn is a movie that I have a very odd relationship with, because I actually, I, I do enjoy it. Oh, um, Simon, but Simon, Simon, there are certain parts about it that I absolutely hate. But I, there's lots about it. I mean, I love the soundtrack. For a start, I love the soundtrack. Um, um, the soundtrack's
0: amazing. Yeah, I have it on my phone.
1: Superb. Yeah, I um, listen to it all the time. One of my favorite that soundtracks. That song,
0: Trip Like I Do. Yeah. Um. So great soundtrack, but no, I'm, I have you to. See, draw it's the one of my. It's Spawn one of my. Spawn is a terrible movie. One of my shitty films that I enjoy watching. Uh, It is awful. We do not need a Spawn remake. That would be. Disastrous. Would
1: you not be? Would you not be? No, slightly is, interested to no, see that.
0: No one is interested in this movie. Trust me. This movie opens to six million dollars and disappears. Within a week, Jamie's like,
1: been saying that um, McFarlane's never. been talking about a new Spawn movie yeah, ever since for the 97 de- for a film. Decade. Yeah, I mean it's highly unlikely that it would happen, but I'd be, I'd be curious. No, I do, do you not have any sort of you know shitty films that you actually quite enjoy, even though
0: even though you know they're terrible? Yeah, they are, but they're not like those big, dumb like movies. Like, I don't know, like I I I need an example. Like, what I mean. Uh, can't, uh, another one of mine
1: here we go confession time can't stop the music the village people biopic have
0: you never seen that no it's I haven't it's horrendous but it's brilliant I mean I, I have movies that I consider guilty pleasures things mm. like that oh yeah uh, I've got those I don't know a, a genuinely just terrible movie you that know that it's a bad movie like...
1: but you still just love watching it
0: yeah I don't know no well, we can talk about that another week. All right, I'll, I'll think sure on that I'm sure everybody's question. got them. I'm sure everybody has. Yes, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure that there are movies that I think in my head are actually good movies, and you're like, no, let me assure you, it's a terrible piece of shit. Um,
1: Someone's just Nate says, Simon, get back at Jeff and say we don't need a crow movie, dude. I'm not doing that. I'm not going there.
0: No. <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't want to... No. <laughs> That's Thank my you. Star Wars. Yeah. Um,
1: that would be the end of the show very quickly. Speaking
0: of, of bad, yeah. uh, you know, other things I'm not sure I want to see, uh, even though I love this casting. Yeah. Power Rangers. Okay. Bill Hader is Alpha 5. Yeah. I mean, are you familiar with his mythology? I, I am. I'm, well, I'm familiar hey, with the original Power us. Rangers. Yeah. Um,
1: Alpha 5 is, is if you don't know Power Rangers, it's kind of like the, um, the comedy sidekick robot computer for the power rangers um the power rangers movie when it was first announced i i literally didn't i couldn't have been less interested in it i thought it was a terrible idea i thought it was i know power rangers still have a very loyal following and a strong following you know our sister network after buzz does a does a a power rangers show Um, but i just i was not excited about this as this cast is coming together I am getting
0: more and more excited. I think it's I mean, going to be so much fun. Banks, Cranston, and Hayter is good. Yeah, like I will give them that. They did not get a name really for uh, any of the Power Rangers themselves. Nice. No. Although you, they're all in suits, I don't know how much you really need a name. It would have been. It still would have been nice. Yeah. But um. But that's where they have invested their money is in the supporting cast. And, yeah, that sounds cool. Bill Hader as a robot, I'm interested in that. I can just see this being so much
1: fun, watching it in theatres. And Lionsgate do need something. You know, they said previously that, you know, they would look at doing, you know, multiple films in the Power Rangers series. I think if this is done correctly, I think if they do this correctly, I think this actually could
0: be a whole lot of fun and
1: surprise a lot of people.
0: I just don't know if people are going to run out to see this. I don't know if kids these days are just not—they're just like too cynical, or I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I'm um, very curious. I'm very... So this is the robot, though. Yeah. If I'm—if I'm, if I'm he does he go like ay 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 ay? Yeah. <laughs> God, come on! I can see Bill Hader doing that. Yeah, I can also see that character being super annoying in a movie, like the Jar Jar Binks of that movie. But, Anyways. But, but, yeah, but also it could turn out to be the coolest
1: part of that movie. That's true. Could be the BB Eight.
0: Yes, uh, it could. could. I mean, Michael Shannon in the Passengers trailer, which we could also talk about, uh, looks really cool as Mm. a robot. What did you think of that trailer? Very good. It looks... Nothing about it that I don't don't like. It looks bigger than I thought it was going to be. Mm.
1: But, Um, I mean, I, I would... If Michael Shannon sat and read a grocery list on film, I would watch that. I love him. I think he's great.
0: Michael Shannon. What does that have to do with anything?
1: Oh, sorry. So he said Michael Shannon. Hmm?
0: Michael Sheen. Oh, Michael oh, sorry. Sheen. No, no, sorry, Michael sorry. Sheen's Michael great. Sheen. No, 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 Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen's amazing. From uh, where <laughs> I came from in the in <laughs> okay. the UK. I would also watch um, Michael, Michael Shannon, Shannon reading a grocery read list. The phone book. Well, uh, who by the way, didn't there was some story about Michael Shannon saying like he auditioned for Woody Allen and someone else. And they were super mean to him. Like, Woody Allen wouldn't even look I at him. I saw something about that, but I didn't read the story. It was it was, it was was interesting. Mm. Uh, he was just, like, bitching out directors. Because um, he doesn't really need to audition anymore. You can no. know what you're getting with Michael Shannon. But you say, say Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen is someone who
1: I think... I mean, I love him Frost Nixon. Mm-hmm. Terrific. I mean, yep. You know, I thought he was um, great in uh, the football film he did for the UK, the *Damned, Damned United. United*. And I don't like football movies. He actually comes from the same uh, town that I, or same city that I come from in, in the UK. Um, so why you
0: guys sound so bloody similar? It is, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I, but, thought, I thought I was like, if I close great. my eyes, I'm hosting this podcast with, with Michael, Michael Shannon
1: um, <laughs> and Michael Shannon. Um, but no, he, he in the last couple of years he hasn't. A lot of his movies haven't hit. And no. he's constantly doing TV, but
0: I right he's got him on masters of sex. Yeah, I
1: I don't know why. He's I on, think you he's just found the perfect
0: show. I think the Michaels Sheen and Shannon—that's a show right there. As cops, put them, put them together. Yes, yes, that would be cool. I would tell as, you as like, basically like uh, Michael Shannon's like the the American who has to like go over to England and work with like a British police force. Yeah. And Michael Sheen's like, you know, the guy's like, this is how we do things around have here. You,
1: have you ever seen Twin Town, the movie Twin Town? No, I don't okay. even know what the fuck that is. It was Reese Evans's first movie, and it's set in my oh, hometown like of Swansea in he's South good Wales. In, uh, he's good in Snowden. Oh. The film that not many people have really gone to see. I really before. enjoyed certain Sorry, go okay. on. I um, No, it's fine. And, and he's in, he was in this film called Twin Town, which is basically about dirty cops and, you know, sort of uh, kind yeah, of I like, like it. a gangster Those movie Those are my set favorite in. kind. Yeah, well, set in um, uh, set in my hometown of Swansea in South Wales. And that's where Michael Shannon comes. Michael Sheen comes uh, from. Wait, are you comes fucking from. Welsh? Yeah, I grew up in Wales. Yeah, I didn't know Can that. Can you not tell from my strong Welsh lilt? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people come from my hometown. Anthony Hopkins, Michael Christian Sheen. Bale? Uh, no, he's North Wales. Nah, never mind. We uh, <laughs> Catherine Zeta-Jones, or Zeta Jones, as we right. called her. Yeah, and uh, and me. <laughs> <laughs> so it kind,
0: of, it kind of goes on. That's this, the Mount hey, Rushmore. Hey. Like, those are the
1: four. Oh. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But no, I, I, it's great. If you, can, if you can, you can get it on, um, on import and DVD. I don't know if it was ever released here in the US. Um, but it's, it's a brilliant little 90s movie. Um, and he was, you know, I, if they decided to do another one of those, a sequel, it has been talked about. It's never actually happened. Um, I would love to see him as one of the Dirty Cups. Um, Dugray Scott was uh, one of the dirty cops. (laughs) Dugray. Gray Scott.
0: Uh, All right, we got a few more stories here. Uh, Antoine Fuqua has been making the rounds, promoting Magnificent Seven. Excellent Magnificent Seven. uh, I mean, you tell me. What what is happening here? He says he's doing Equalizer?
1: Yeah, I mean, Equalizer, I was disappointed with the Equalizer. I loved the the TV show with Edward Woodward. I thought it was passable. I thought it was fine. Uh, It's turning out to be, obviously, not long after that film came out, the studio said, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to create, you know, we're going to do a equal denzel's gonna sign up he's gonna come back um antoine hadn't signed up he is now going to do it he said um and that is moving forward and it's interesting because denzel has not done franchise stuff before has he he's not had no a franchise. no no no, he hasn't. no, is, no. i was, I was thinking about chance. this earlier and it's I, it's interesting because i don't it's not it's not by any stretch his strongest film Yes, I agree. And box office-wise, it's not exactly his most successful film. Right. And yet, he and Antoine and the studio are all wanting to to go ahead with it. So I think they would have something potentially interesting planned. And I think doing such a job with The Magnificent Seven, I think it could really go interesting places in the sequel. The first one is kind of like a place setter. You're
0: talking about The
1: Magnificent Seven? Uh, no, the equalizer? the equalizer. I think oh, the first was film was, like... was a place setter. Uh-huh, so um, could they do The, the Magnificent Eight? I, I I was thinking that the other day after I watched Manifestant Seven, I would not. Su- it would not surprise me. Well, th- three. I mean, I and mean, spoiler. Yeah, but no, Not, not yeah.
0: everybody makes it. That's that's <laughs> how the West was won. <laughs> sure, that's um, how the West was won with dead bodies. Yeah. Um. But e- Equalizer two. I, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't really know. need a sequel for this. Honestly, if if Denzel's gonna do a sequel, here's what I would do. Mm. This is gonna be your. No one has ever had this idea okay. in the history of of movies. Mm. Take Denzel's character from Philadelphia, mm-hmm. the lawyer. Mm-hmm. And sequelize that shit. I want another Denzel courtroom movie with either it can be you know a Black Lives Matter kind of thing, or you know a black guy gets shot by a white cop, or something mm. you know that's in the air right now politically. It's mm. very charged, and have Denzel be the lawyer. Boom. Uh, yeah, that is not a bad Taking idea. Take on actually. another another landmark case. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Equalizer Two, whatever. I'm not. I'm not too excited. By the way, about when is, when is Fuqua doing this? Because he has the man who made it snow with Jake yep. Gyllenhaal, and he yep. just signed on to do Scarface. Like both of these seem well. They they haven't even they, uh,
1: the studio <laughs> hasn't even come out with a, oh it's going to be a 2018 or a 2019 release. Um so I'm assuming right, you know, it's
0: half half real.
1: Yeah, so I think you know it might just still be, yeah, I'm attached to it, so let's see how it works. Maybe it won't. I mean, there's a chance that he could potentially drop out, or it just doesn't happen. Um but I think Sony could be looking at this potentially as um their kind of their action franchise, their their Jack Reacher that's... kind of thing. So but I don't mm. know. I mean, here's here's a thought. The, this is a franchise potentially that hasn't done huge box office. It's got good stars, good directors, but it's not up there in like your your Mission Impossible level of action franchises. That's only of been one, yeah. So. Potentially, could this be something that actually is more appealing to Hollywood studios going forward? The fact that they have these franchises that have a lower cost base, but a nice ticking over will continually give a nice little tidy profit. Yes, a solid
0: double, I think. Yeah, rather than going
1: balls to the wall and going like, huge stars, huge budget, huge advertising. Oh no, we've lost a shitload of money. Could this be something we're going to see more of a pattern
0: with, these smaller but steady franchises. I I think that that would be great. I think Hollywood would, would love that. Mm. The the thing is, is that it's a gamble and you're also you're not getting no discount for Denzel. No. Denzel don't take no discount. <laughs> Denzel don't do coupons. Yeah. <laughs> don't do coupons. Denzel don't do coupons. Uh, yeah, he gets his like I don't know what his quote is these days, but it's probably around 20 million and he gets that quote. Yeah. So I don't know. It just it's it's hard to do a mid-budget equalizer movie. Yeah, in the chat room, Denzel hasn't had a
1: movie open in less than twenty million in a decade. This guy, sixty, and still an A-list star. Um, other people saying, you know, he hasn't he hasn't needed. He's one of the actors that hasn't needed a franchise to keep him gay. Both very valid points. But you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Equalizer two, cross that off the list. Um, let's talk about Dark Tower. Uh, yeah. We touched on this in a completely different context earlier. Go for it. Um, so everybody's getting... you know, There's a, a nice little buzz at the moment about Dark Tower. People seem really, really interested. It's a film that's taken a long time to actually happen. Um, Matthew McConaughey and Idris Elba, two of the lead roles. Um, interesting story came out this week about the fact that when the film comes out next year, there could be a companion TV series to go along with the release of the movie, which would also star Idris Elba. Now... We've seen movies become TV series and I think that's been proved to be, you know, generally quite popular. We've got The Exorcist that starts um, on Fox um, tonight, actually. Um, I think to have a movie out and then a companion TV series featuring some of the cast from the film is something a bit different and could be interesting. And it does allow the film to sort of expand a bit and then fill in the gaps in the TV show. So have it effectively like, you know, if you like playing d d or
0: something, you've got your sure. rule book and that kind of thing. It could be that kind they've, of addendum, compendium They've always kind of had thing. ambitious plans for this Dark Tower yeah. stuff. I'm not sure if it's going to work. Okay. Uh, you know, if people are going to, that's a lot to ask of why Where do you think it's coming audience. from? Do you think it's coming from the studio or do you think it's coming from Stephen King who's kind of like going to do It's coming from the studio. I yeah. mean, you know, they've always had big eyes for this thing. Um, I still think, you got to do the movie right first before mm. you start planning a TV series. See what the reaction is to that. Um, I mean, Idris Elba looks great on paper, mm. but you know, I wonder if if Luther was like a network show.
1: Yeah, it was BBC. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, in America, oh, okay. what like where that would fit into things? Like, what would the ratings be? Would it be the top show on on network TV because mm. it has a big movie star? I don't know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll 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 see about Dark Tower and that TV show. But it's kind of taking the idea that's been
1: around for for digital concept and surrounding movies that you know a film comes out, there's sort of web series to tie in with it and stuff. But it's it's taking it offline. It's just i putting it on it's a hard linear. Hard to do media. that
0: multi-platform thing. Mm. Uh, you know, Beyonce's fans will follow her to HBO. Yeah. I don't know if yeah I, I I just I don't know I think it's risky I don't think it it's a sure thing at all I think it's an interesting idea sure yeah yeah they deserve credit for like you know pushing the envelope trying something new but yeah it doesn't necessarily mean it'll work no um uh speaking of things that might not work <laughs> you, you you read that Paul Walker's character may return to the yeah. Fast and Furious franchise. Well, this, this was, yeah. Th- well, explain because I'm about to go there crazy. Was a, there was a
1: charity event um, this week, and uh, one of the guys involved in the movies is saying that they had a conversation with with Vin Diesel, and Vin Diesel was like, you know, let's let's you know potentially explore the idea of, of uh, Paul Walker's character Brian O'Connor Connor still being out there, you know, so the fans know that he's not gone, gone. He's kind of still. Existing, So he would be mentioned, like,
0: oh, hey, Brian, yeah, Brian's off with the family, he just did that thing in Brazil. They didn't specify. But you're not going to see his face, you're not going to see the character. I'm
1: assuming not, and I'm assuming they wouldn't recast, because that would just be odd. And I think, but it seems to me like a bit of an odd, I don't know whether it's just one of these ideas that gets spitballed in a writer's room or something like that. But I mean, they say they won't do it unless they have the total agreement of the Walker family, Um, which I think is totally acceptable and, you know, is is the right thing to do. But I'm just, my feeling as much as I loved, you know, Paul Walker in those movies, and I genuinely, you know, they're they're dumb fun, but I enjoyed the Fast and Furious movies. I just think they said goodbye to Brian so
0: well. Yeah, flawlessly at the end of the last. Film. Guys, I don't think they need to bring him you, back. You don't have to worry about this. I don't think that there could be possibly be a studio executive so dumb within the walls of Universal yeah. who would actually greenlight this idea. It's a it's a terrible idea. Um, he got the perfect send off. Sure, you can mention his character by name and yeah. say, "Oh yeah, he's up to whatever with the family." But there's no way on God's green earth that, that that his face is going to be on screen again, or they're gonna you know CGI him like that, that character. Would be, that is would be the gone. worst case. Yeah, that character is gone. We have said goodbye to him. Leave it at that. Yeah, uh, we don't. There, there's enough characters in Fast and Furious, so we don't need to bring him back. Yeah, and it definitely will not be a recast. I mean. Okay, we've got
1: three minutes left on the show, so um, I wanted to very briefly chat about Mad Max. Yeah, that's um, that,
0: uh, that was the last news item on my cool. list as
1: well. Um, in case you didn't hear this story this week, Mad Max, uh, Fury Road, uh, You know, there has been talk about whether they're going to do a sequel or whether they're going to do a prequel. It's looking now more and more like this prequel is going to happen. It's going to follow uh, Furiosa as a, as a young woman, or yep. younger woman, because um, she's certainly not old,
0: um, and could start shooting... This year, we we have heard that before. I feel like um, I think that's going to be tight. Like, so this would be George Miller. I think George Miller wants to do something small in between these movies. Mm. So I don't know. I don't know if I believe any of those reports, which I think are probably coming from Australian media. Right? I'm, I'm assuming so. Yeah. yeah uh, we'll we'll see about that. Again, the movie was not didn't make that much money. No. You know, it like broke even theatrically. Maybe did you know with all DVD and everything. Maybe it made fifty million, but
1: well, I, you 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 say that, and I I again I was someone that's like, oh, okay. Well, how much did it make? And it it didn't make mammoth amounts of money. No, the, I think the 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 love for it and the vocal it did well, support but the for it. The budget was so crazy. Yeah, It's like crazy. And I think the vocal support for everything was was here because it was so different last summer. So different. But sure. It, you know, the, the, I think the the vo- vocality, the vocal love for it, is way out of you know, whack with the actual amount of people that paid and, to go know, and see a it. A
0: Mad Max movie without Mad Max is tricky, even though we all love that Furiosa character. And I'll, I just don't, you know, well, I don't know yeah. if Charlize opens a movie. I really don't.
1: Well, we've seen that she's, you know, she hasn't had, you know, when she's, I mean, okay, Kubo did well, but that was voice, but it wasn't no, huge. That
0: not a, that's not a show. Um And,
1: movie. you know, the, the um, Huntsman sequel didn't, didn't do good bank no, at young, all young
0: adult She she's like a a really great actress that I'm not sure is uh, but would she even feature in this if it's a prequel I'm assuming
1: it. it would only purely be in sort of flashbacks and stuff like the, or that flash forwards flashbacks yeah, that's a good
0: question I'm not sure so. we'll have to uh, leave that for another show because we need to wrap yep. up um, Simon where can the good folks find you uh, you can find me on Twitter at showbiz
1: Simon uh, on Instagram at showbiz Simon and on Facebook this is Simon Thompson
0: uh, you can find my musings over at Mashable dot com, where I'm the senior film reporter. Uh, follow me on Twitter, Instagram at at the Insnider. Be sure to check out uh, the Cinefix network as well over on YouTube. We did a great Cinefictionary, which is like Pictionary. I did see that. It was uh, it was fun. You know they're doing fun stuff over there, so check that out, guys. You've been watching Meet the Movie Press. Make sure to rate, comment, subscribe to the Popcorn Talk Network. Tell your friends, retweet. Have a great weekend, everybody.